Hello, friends, and welcome to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. My name is Kaylee Olson, and I am joined with my co-host, Meredith Brock. And today, I am so excited that um, we're going to hear a teaching from our new friend, Anitha Abraham. And Meredith is going to tell you guys a little bit about what her message is. Well, you guys are in for a treat because we just got to sit through the teaching and it was fantastic. The title of today's message is As a Woman Thinks. Anitha will share three very important things that we need to know about what our thoughts actually affect and a very practical action plan to help us change our thoughts. I am so excited for you guys to listen to it. Yes, it's so good. But before we introduce you to Anitha, we want to make two quick announcements. First, this feels weird asking you guys to do this, but can we ask you guys to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? Um, Even if it's just a simple go in and click the stars and leave a quick comment, anytime you guys do that, it really helps spread the message of the Proverbs 31 podcast to more people and get it in front of more eyes because we want people to be able to hear and engage with the message that we have um, every month on the show. And then the second thing I want to tell you about is a free resource by Lisa Turkers called Three Bible Study Basics You Must Know. We love equipping you to get in God's Word on your own and really learn to study it. And this is a free resource that you can download in our show notes, and we'll link it there. But um, again, it's free. We have tons of resources like this available for you guys. Um, on our website at proverbs31.org. And with every podcast episode, we include show notes. And so all you have to do is go to proverbs31.org slash listen, and you can access the show notes for every single episode. All right, friends, now for our conversation with Anitha. Well, today we are so excited to welcome Anitha Abraham to the show. Welcome, Anitha. Hi, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so excited that you're here, Anita, and we want to let our audience know that she is part of our Encouragement for Today devotion writing team, and she's been on the team for two years now, so congratulations on that, but she's also a speaker and the founder of Whispers and Fringes, which is a group dedicated to empowering women to live out their faith. How cool is that? You do that (laughs) on your end. We do that at Proverbs 31. We're just coming together as a family today on the podcast. But this is her first time being introduced to this audience. And so naturally, Meredith and I do have a few questions for you. Okay. Okay. We want to get to know you. We want our audience to get to know you. So first thing first, now that we're friends, do you have a nickname that you go by that we can call you? So actually I do. So I'm Indian and a lot of people in my Indian community call me Anu. Uh, and that, yeah, you pronounce it kind of like a new car or a new house. So <laughs> I love Anu. that. <laughs> I love that's that. Good. I'd like somebody to call me Anu. Like, that's a new woman. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, there you go. That's tell difficult. us maybe something other than your really great nickname. <laughs> maybe what is something that our audience should know about you? Well, one thing that I think is pretty cool is that I actually have one sister and the audience may be familiar with her because she is also an encouragement for today writer. Her name is, yeah, her name is Benu Samuel. And from what I've heard, we're the first set of sisters that's actually been on the team together like that. So I thought that was pretty neat. I love that is really cool. (laughs) Two writing sisters. That's neat. (laughs) Yeah, I thought so. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I uh, I read your bio online, and I did see that you like coffee. So great that we yes. got that cleared up. We're all friends now. <laughs> yes. Um, but I want to know, if you're driving through Starbucks, what would you get? Okay, I, y'all, I'm so boring with my coffee orders, okay? So really, I walk up to the counter. I'm like, could I have a grande brewed coffee with room for cream? And then I don't even tell them how much sugar I want because I know I know they will judge me for it. So I just add my own sugar. <laughs> I love that. I love a simple woman. There is no shame in that. Okay, here's Amen. our last and final question. And that okay. is... After we got our Starbucks together, if that yes. we were in person and doing this together, we would grab Starbucks and then yes. we would go to lunch. Where would we go to lunch? Okay. If y'all were in Texas with me, um, I would definitely take y'all to a Tex-Mex place because, mm. you know, because we can work our Tex-Mex here for sure. Oh yeah. Tex-Mex. That sounds yeah. great. <laughs> nothing, nothing like coffee combined with Tex-Mex, you know? And then we would all wear our face masks and it would just smell great. Right. Anyways, okay. <laughs> right. All right. All right. All right. Now we got to get serious now. Anita right. has a great word for us today and we're excited to hear it. So Meredith and I are going to get ready to take notes and you can take it away, my friend. All right. Thanks so much, ladies. So the title of my teaching today is As a Woman Thinks. And you guys, I love talking about things that I can relate to on a personal level. And this is definitely one of those topics. So growing up, I would say that I was pretty confident and comfortable in my own skin. Then when I got to college, there was one particular conversation that changed that for me. So I was having dinner with a friend and a guy who was a friend of hers, so not someone I necessarily knew very well, he was there. And at some point in the conversation, he turned to me and said, you know what? You talk too much. And as trivial and insignificant as that may sound, that one remark took root in my thoughts. He only said it once and really he didn't have to say it again because I did that for him. I began replaying it in my mind. And even now, anytime I open my mouth, I fight his voice in my head. So in some way, that incident has impacted almost every area of my life. It is amazing what our thoughts can do to us. Romans 12, 2 says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So I compare it to a gumball machine. It starts out empty, and it's up to us what we put in there. So obviously, you can fill it with gumballs, but you've probably also seen it with peanuts or Skittles. And really, you could even put dirt in there if you wanted to. But there's one thing I can guarantee you. What you put in there determines what comes out. So we understand this with certain areas of our lives. Uh, For example, what I eat impacts how I look. If I eat chips and cookies all day, every day, which doesn't sound like a bad thing to me, I know it's going to impact how my clothes fit and the number on the scale is probably going to be higher. But we have to understand that our thoughts take it even further. What I put in my mind impacts the person I am. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. The Hebrew word for think in this verse means to calculate or reckon, to act as a gatekeeper. We have the responsibility to guard our minds. 
Our thoughts are powerful. So this begs the question, what are we thinking about? So for the time we have together today, we'll talk about how our thoughts impact us, then how we can impact our thoughts. So first of all, our thoughts impact how we see ourselves. Now, I can remember a work situation I had a few years ago. I was supposed to meet with some people at a certain time, but when I arrived, they were meeting with someone else. Now, this particular room was surrounded by all glass, so they saw me coming but didn't acknowledge me. I walked away, came back, did that a couple of times with no response. 20 minutes later, they finally met with me without any apology or explanation. So of course, I was completely annoyed, but what started out as just frustration with them turned into something else for me. All of a sudden, I have these thoughts running around in my mind. Well, they must think the other person is more important than me. They have no respect for my time. They don't value me. Remember, they hadn't even said a word, but that's where my mind had gone. Sure, they could have handled it better, but when someone being 20 minutes late jumps to me thinking that I have no value, there's a problem with me. In Numbers 13, you might remember the story when Moses sent spies to explore the promised land. And here's what they reported back to the people in verse 33. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. So interestingly, if you go back and read the entire passage, you will not see anything about a conversation happening between the spies and the people of Canaan. How did the spies know what the people there were thinking? They didn't. It's really what the spies thought about themselves. Ecclesiastes 10.7 says, I have seen slaves riding on horses and princes walking like slaves on the ground. The spies thought they were grasshoppers. The princes thought they were slaves. I thought I wasn't valued. What do you think about yourself? Our thoughts impact how we see ourselves. Secondly, our thoughts impact how we see others. So just another quick personal story. Years ago, um, it was a typical weeknight, and my husband Lance and I had just finished eating dinner, so I started washing the dishes. Of course, I'm thinking that he's going to jump in at any time to help me, but that didn't happen. Instead, he just kept staring at his laptop and staring at his phone. So, of course, my mind starts working again. These aren't just my dishes. He ate, too. I can't believe he's not helping me. So, progressively, my dishwashing is getting louder and louder. And just when I'm ready to have a discussion with him, he says, Babe, guess what? I just booked our flights for our vacation. So I'll tell you guys, there have been a lot of times I was glad I kept my mouth shut, and that was definitely one of those times. I had built a case against him in my mind that was completely wrong. I thought my husband was being inconsiderate when he didn't help me with the housework, not realizing that he was helping me in a different way. I never book our travel. He always does. I think a perfect example of this is also found in the book of Joshua. The Israelites had been busy fighting off enemies and claiming their territory. During this time, three of the tribes, Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, were ready to settle down. Once they did, they built an altar. But when the other nine tribes heard about that altar, they assumed the worst. Joshua 22.16 says, 
it describes the encounter by saying, the whole community of the Lord demands to know why you are betraying the God of Israel. How could you turn away from the Lord and build an altar for yourselves in rebellion against him? Those are strong words. These nine tribes are accusing the other three tribes of betrayal and rebellion. Thankfully, there's a happy ending. They all talked things through, and verse 30 says, When they heard what they had to say, they were pleased. It goes on to say in verse 33 that they talked no more about going to war. How many times have we been ready to go to war with someone because of what we told ourselves about them? We didn't ask. We just assumed and came to our own conclusions. Our thoughts impact how we see others. And thirdly, our thoughts impact how we see God. So I tend to be forgetful in general. I'm one of those people who has actually looked for my phone while I was talking on it. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that. But even looking back over previous years, I've noticed a trend. I tend to remember the hard things and have a hard time remembering the good things. The human mind can easily forget. We see this happen in scripture too with the disciples. In Matthew 14, Jesus had been teaching a crowd. And in verse 15, it says, Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. So most of us know the end of that story. Jesus performs a miracle and there's food for everybody. But then we go to Matthew 15, the next chapter. Same situation. There's a crowd. Jesus wants to feed them. And the disciples say, where are we going to get enough bread in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? Okay, I don't know time-wise how far apart those stories were, but in my Bible, it's the next page talk about a bad memory. So instead of responding with faith, the disciples react with fear to the exact same situation. Our thoughts impact how we see God. So now that we know how our thoughts impact us, let's talk about how we can impact our thoughts. Now, I've just got a quick acronym for you, and it's the word THINK. The T stands for Take Every Thought Captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Maybe you've heard that verse before, but what does it really mean? Think about it like a wild animal. We need to trap it and stop letting it run around. We can examine it without it being a threat. Taking our thoughts captive is not a passive process. We do this in physical situations that look dangerous. I actually used to go to work really early in the morning when it was still dark. And one day when I was going to my office, I saw someone who looked suspicious to me. I'll tell you that I sure didn't go over there and start a conversation with him. I kept walking the other way and I started walking faster. I even got on my phone and called a coworker. I got out of there like my life depended on it because maybe it did. We're flippant about our thoughts because they aren't tangible, but we need to be as vigilant with our minds as we are in a dark parking lot. How can we do that? I think it's stuff you already know. Turn on worship music, read scripture, pray with a friend. 
Paul said it best in Philippians 4.8, by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. All right, so the H in THINK stands for Helmet of Salvation. You might remember that this is a part of the spiritual armor, but why a helmet? I love how Bill Johnson put it. He said, we need to think like we're saved. Our thoughts should be different from our unsaved friends. Ask yourself, am I worried and fearful like they are? We shouldn't be. The I stands for inquire. We need to ask and not just assume. Ask your friend to clarify their text. Ask your coworker to explain their email. Ask your husband to help you with the dishes if you need help. That may just be me again. It may be uncomfortable initially, and of course there's a way we should ask, but it might prevent a war too. The N in THINK stands for note to self. Do you ever notice how you talk to yourself? Honestly, I would never talk to anyone the way I talk to myself. I can be my own worst enemy. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. The second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor. But what's the rest of that? To love your neighbor as yourself. We either forget the end part of that scripture or just say it flippantly. The Greek definition of love here includes to wish well and esteem. When is the last time you wished yourself well? Not in a proud way, but just with an understanding that says, I'm not a grasshopper. I am not a slave. I have value. And the last letter for think is K, keep God in mind. Repeatedly, God tells his children to remember He instituted the Passover and the Ark of the Covenant. The people built altars and repeated stories to their children of what God had done. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourselves have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. Think about those spies again. If they had remembered the plagues, the Red Sea, and the manna, Maybe then they would have been willing to go after what God had promised them. This isn't a denial of reality. It's a realization of deity. So I want to encourage you to have things around that help you keep God in mind. For me, I have pictures and cards that people have given us. I even have an altar jar, which is something that I previously talked about in a Proverbs 31 devotional. Basically, anything that reminds you of what God has done in your life. So just to wrap things up, I want to take you back to that gumball machine, and I'm going to ask you, what are you going to put in your mind? It's up to you. But just remember, whatever you put in there will come out, because as a woman thinks, so she is. Wow, thank you, Anitha. That was such a a practical and helpful teaching. I um, actually have a question for both of you. So Meredith, I'm putting you on the spot too. Um, but one of the, <laughs> You're ready for it. Um, one of the things that you said at the very end was, it was about the, the acronym and the, the letter N and the note to self and how you think about 
yourself is often what you wouldn't say to someone else. And that kind of got me thinking. And I know as uh, a one on the Enneagram, sometimes (laughs) I'm hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that all three of us are in different seasons of life. Um, you know, and I spend a lot of my time working, um, in ministry and then Meredith has a balance of, you know, working in ministry, but she's also a mom. And then Anitha, you have your own ministry outside Mm -hmm. of what you do for Proverbs. Mm -hmm. And I know that there has to be a balance between how much do I push myself whenever I know that I could do something better Mm -hmm. versus how do I give myself grace? So I think at the end of the day, how do I, how do I make peace in my mind with what I have done today is good enough? Because I think that there are people who struggle with that, who have this thought in their head, like, I could have done more. I should have done better. And so I would love to hear from both of you, like, what does that look like for you at the end of the day? How do you, what thought do you tell yourself at the end of the day so that you can have peace with what you have accomplished today? Yeah, I think, oh, go ahead, Meredith. Oh, I'll let you speak first. Please go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a great question because I'm also an Enneagram one, so I can completely relate to what you're asking, Kaylee. And, you know, and some days it's hard. You do look back at the the day and you're like, my goodness, what, what did I accomplish? What did I do? But honestly, I have to, it's like what we talked about talked about, I have to like take that thought captive and replace it with the truth of the fact that God's mercies are new every morning. I I get a do-over tomorrow. If I wasn't happy with what happened in the day, then there's always tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, and a lot of times, you know, I think we can think that we didn't accomplish enough or whatever, but but we also know when we've given it our best too. And we have to be at peace with that. Like we are human. Um, and so just, just knowing that too, that if, if I gave it my best, that's all God expects from me. Mm. Yeah, that's really good, Anita. I think where I have wrestled with this in my past is I am a naturally a very driven person. I love to get everything done and done well. Um, and I have had to come to this place where I realize I am made to be a human being not mm-hmm. a human doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that at the center of it all am, am I what I do physically with my life doesn't matter nearly as much as who I am and my connection with and my intimacy with the Lord and so for my friends I think I definitely struggle with this Kaylee you and I have talked through this my to-do list is endlessly long I never get to the end of a day and go wow I got it all done like that I don't believe that that has ever actually happened since I was probably like 10 years old. <laughs> so it, this has been an ongoing struggle where that inner critic wants to tell me you're not good enough. You should keep going. Um, there's more to be done, you know, and then you lay down in bed at night, right? And your thoughts, like you're saying, Anita, you know, your thoughts will go and go and go and go, right? And tell you this whole narrative. And I think for me, I've had to bring it back to this place of saying, it doesn't matter if I don't do anything else today. Like, I don't have to do anything else. I am fully accepted and fully loved right now, exactly how I am, um, whether this has done excellently or if it's done not at all. 
you know? And so I think, I don't know if that's helpful for you, Kaylee, is it? Yes. Yes. That's so helpful. I just know that there are probably other people who are on the other side too, who lay in bed at night and they wrestle with that because Mm -hmm. there, there has to be a balance of, you know, knowing that you did your best, but also having grace. And so thank you guys for sharing. Yeah, Uh, Meredith, what thoughts did you have? Well, one, one of those, Anita, I loved the, the think acronym I thought was so helpful. Um, The one that really stands out to me is the inquire Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just not assume. Um, And I think your example was so spot on. I mean, how many times for all of us married friends listening right now, Mm -hmm. how many times have we assumed that our husband was like being lazy or not doing what they said they were doing. And then you find out on the other side, oh gosh, he really was, right? Right. Or Um, And so I have a a question for you or a thought maybe we can discuss is that I think for me, oftentimes, um, I definitely do struggle with this. Like Mm -hmm. I assume that um, people are receiving a certain situation the same way as me, receiving or perceiving a certain situation the same way as me. And sometimes I'll pull back. Like that's my tendency is like, let's say someone um, says something to me that maybe hurt my feelings a little bit or made me think, oh gosh, they actually don't really like me. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. when I thought when I thought all along they did like me and they say like a little slight thing and I go, oh man, I guess they don't really like me. And I will uh, relationally retreat um, because I think, well, man, they, you know, they said that thing. They don't really like me. Um, Here's the big question. How do we uh, filter through what is discernment in a relationship where you actually are discerning um, someone's behavior, and how do you filter out what's what's false? You know, and so uh, let's unpack that a little bit. Where you know, how do you determine is this really? Am I discerning this properly, mm-hmm. or um, is this situation? I'm actually just making up crazy thoughts in my head. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the first thing that I thought of was like, make sure you have your facts straight. Because that's something like, I I can remember thinking this, like about a particular, thinking something about a particular person. And, um, but then I went back through my text messages that we had and I was like, you know what? I was really painting a different picture. I was not remembering accurately. Mm -hmm. I was focusing on the times where they didn't say something or they said this and I perceived it like that instead of looking at the big picture of what's our history for real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. But then also if that's for me and, you know, I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts too. It, you know, if it's still lingering and I'm still questioning and I, I kind of gauge it by the relationship, you know, like who is this person in my life? Is it something that's worth pursuing more of a conversation mm-hmm. and um, coming at them, not in that attacking mode? Like, I can't believe you treat me like this or, but really, and my husband has really taught me this very well, I think, is, is you approach them humbly and you say, you know what, this is what I'm, I'm seeing and what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Help me understand, am I missing something? And mm-hmm. so then that gives them the opportunity to say, oh my goodness, that's not what I meant at all. Or yeah, it was what I meant. And then you can have another conversation <laughs> about that, you know? So that's mm-hmm. kind of my take on that. I hope that kind of brought some clarity to what you were asking. 
I love that. Yeah. That's, that's really, I think that's really great insight. I also love, I think you said something uh, very subtle there that is really helpful. And that is, you, you know, maybe an interaction happens and we internalize it, right? Whatever that interaction is. And you walked away from the situation, kind of gathered the data. But even in the space between the initial interaction happening and you gathering the facts, there's a moment to let your emotions kind of come into check, right? Yes, yes. And I, I, as you were saying that, I was remembering, and Kaylee knows I have this rule for myself. <laughs> Maybe this will help. Maybe this will help our friends who are listening. Um, I tend to be a very passionate individual, and so I go to anger first right away. Like I get super angry about things when, you know, you cross me or make me feel like small or anything like that. And I have had to teach myself to not respond within the first 24 hours. Because I know in that first 24 hours, I am actually very illogical. (laughs) I, my thoughts are kind of crazy. Like I assume the worst about like, I assume they're trying to attack me or they don't like me or they're trying to control me and all these things. But if I can get 24 hours between me and the incident, all those emotions typically, unless it's really, really, a really difficult situation tend to kind of the dust settles a little bit. And then I am able to look at the facts more clearly. So I think that's really, really great advice. Yes. Thank you. Can I add one more thought to that? Because it's, I think this, especially in the world that we're in right now with social distancing and even just, we communicate so much, you know, through social media or through text and all of that. We, we, the perception of people is also, it's affected by that. You know, if we just see, get these random texts from people, like, I think, again, we're building almost another, a case in our mind, but there's something so different than when you see them again in person, you're like, oh, this is the same person I remembered, Mm. but because I wasn't interacting with them the same way, it just felt different. Like I've, I've had that happen recently. And so just getting, just seeing the people again, I think is also helpful. Absolutely. I've, I've said to my team multiple times here at Proverbs 31, during this social distancing season, the relational, I guess you would say, padding has been removed. Exactly. You know, and so before when you would have, you know, bumped into your coworker in the lunchroom and you would have chatted about the new puppy she just got, all of that is gone. Exactly. And so now our interactions can kind of feel like metal on metal, you know, and so just having the grace for other people and remembering that's yeah. a person with their own yeah. set of insecurities and their own set of fears um, and their own set of thoughts rambling around in their head. Right, Anita? Right, exactly. <laughs> so many thoughts. Yeah. Hey, so many. <laughs> yes. um, Meredith, can I share a Jim Cress nugget that I heard the other yes. day that I thought is so good? Okay. Yes. Jim, if you're listening to this, I might have this slightly wrong so you can come back and correct me. But but the overall gist, he was talking about conversations that we have with people and how truly complicated they are. And I think it's so fitting. He said that there are like six things happening in any conversation at all times. If I'm speaking, there's what I said, what I thought I said, and what I intended to say. And then you are hearing what you heard what you thought you heard, and then the intent that you hear behind Mm. what I said. 
And I think that it's so helpful to consider all of these things as Anita and Meredith, you guys were talking about how, you know, it's so hard to discern like what somebody is saying. There is so much going on behind just the words that come out of somebody's mouth. And I think that that's helpful to consider is just there's always more to the picture than what we see in a text or what we hear in a meeting or something like that. There's, mm-hmm. there's so much that probably didn't get communicated. And I think that that helps us give other people grace, whereas we might not always, you know, find it easy to give people grace, um, you know, whenever we're angry or upset, you know, Absolutely. Um, I that was helpful. Yeah. So helpful. Yeah. I think that's great, Kaylee. I love it so much. Well, Anita, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I feel like Um, We have just have so many good nuggets in there that our listeners can walk away with. And as we wrap up today, we want to share a few things that you can get connected to. First, we want to encourage our listeners, connect with Anitha on her Facebook page, Whispers and Fringes. She does ministry there every day and connects with women just like you who are listening to encourage and empower them on their faith journey. You can also get devotions from writers like Anitha and her sister every weekday by signing up for our free encouragement for today devotions at proverbs31.org. Yes, and we also want to take a couple of minutes and tell you about a free resource you can download today called Three Bible Study Basics You Must Know by Lisa Turkhurst. At Proverbs 31, you guys know we take getting into God's Word seriously and our desire is to help equip you in your own study. And this is a free download we'll link to in the show notes. Again, it's called Three Bible Study Basics You Must Know, and you guys are going to want to get your hands on that. And lastly, have you guys checked out our online bookstore at Proverbs 31? Um, It is P31 bookstore.com. And honestly, it's more than a bookstore. It's so cute. It's like a little online boutique with so many good resources, like different books to help you in your Christian walk, Bible studies, Lisa Turker's collection, and my very favorite are all the fun things that you can give as gifts. You never know what fun you might find or new thing you might find at our bookstore. So hop on over there and do some shopping. And when you purchase, you're helping us fund the ministry that we do here every day, just like this podcast. Well, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray today's teaching helps you know the truth of God's word and live out that truth because we believe that when you do, it really will change everything. Mm -hmm.